it just it rocked our world. I mean, it just we went from from I mean, with one child, it was easy to to just you know snatch him up, snatch a bag, and go. Now you got to figure out. Okay, now I got two. I've got a, a double stroller. I got to figure out how to fold up, spit in the car, you know, get the diapers for two of them. Uh, plus, still have a five-year-old that's running around. You know, I'm trying to help. It uh, it took some some uh, figuring out. Welcome everyone to Bringing Kids Home, a TVHC foster care and adoption production. I'm Kristen, TVHC's outreach and communications admin. We are excited you're joining us today to hear stories of adoption and how any one of us, including you, can make a difference in a child's life. Today's podcast is sponsored by Imagination Learning Center. They nurture children with a positive environment, focus on creativity, education, and self-confidence, and share our faith in God. Find out more at www.imaginationcenter.com. We are grateful to Imagination for supporting today's stories. Now stick around and hear how stories of faith and family help bring kids home. Hi everyone, I'm Jason, TBHC Foster Care and Adoptions President. I'm excited to be with y'all today. Our guest today is Doug and Holly Yunt. They both grew up in East Texas, Doug in Carthage and Holly in Jacksonville. Since 2021, they have lived in Granbury. Both have served the general public. Doug is a police officer and Holly loves to teach. They have three children, a son and twin daughters. Evan, 23, and the twins, Andy and Alex, recently turned 18. Andy and Alex are the first set of twins that were adopted through TBHC's private infant program. Holly has a history of twins that run in her side of the family. So you could say God prepared their family for this adoption. The Yunt story shows the perfect picture of God's love for us. They joined the podcast today because there are so many children who need the love of a parent dedicated to raising them. What better way to demonstrate God's love? And that's a quote from them. Doug, Holly, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Well, I, let me just kind of ask you all a little bit about yourselves. You're both kind of in the public servant sector uh, what led to each of y'all doing that? Uh, personally, on, on mine, um, I had been doing ride-alongs with police with the police department, local police department, and I just fell in love with with serving the community and uh, being in the community, being a part of it. I was tired to sit behind a desk. Started to join the police force and haven't looked back. Um, as for teaching, uh, I really didn't know for a fact that I was going to go into teaching. I just knew that um, I had some opportunities when I was in uh, late high school, early college to go into situations, whether that be like Youth Sunday at church where we taught in Sunday school classes or um, different opportunities to go into elementary schools. And in those times, adults would come back to me and ask me if I had considered teaching. And, you know, you know, as a teenager, I was just like, oh, yeah, him and harm, whatever. And then I would, you know, ask, you know, why are they asking? And it always came back to them saying that um, I really needed to consider it, that I really had a good rapport and I had a good way of explaining things. And um, I guess at, the, at that point, I was like, well, you know, if everyone else is seeing something that maybe I'm not really seeing, you know, I'll try it. And you know, the pieces just kind of found a place from there. Well, well, thank you all both for 
doing something incredibly difficult. Most people in our culture don't do either one of those jobs. <laughs> so thank you so much. Tell us your bringing kids home story. <laughs> we actually, since we were in the second group that was um, adopting, we, we enjoyed that about the, ch about the home because they were constantly keeping us um, informed of where things were with um, the group that was before us. And then once our group came up and they were looking at um, placing children in families as those needs arose, um, <clears throat> we met with a birth mom mm -hmm. who at that point, we were under the impression that she was just meeting people. She wasn't actually at that point, she hadn't made any decisions about adopting. She was just still kind of on the fence about it. Um, and then our caseworker called us a couple of different times and she was very apologetic to us saying, you know, we don't know anything yet about, you know, what's going on with. And at one point I even told her, you know, don't worry about us. We are not, I think, the typical adoptive parents. Um, we have our son. We can have children bio biologically. We've just both have always been interested in this particular route. And it's not like we're sitting on the phone just waiting for it to ring. And so uh, we weren't even aware that the birth mom had chosen us at this point. The phone rang and I was I was, you know, cleaning off the counter from after dinner and the phone was right there. And I just snagged it up and, you know, said hello. And it was the caseworker and she said um you know Holly this is Dawn and I said hey how are you doing and I at that point I really thought she was just um calling to give us an update of where things were and she says well you can come pick your daughters up and I just literally froze because I honestly did not know what to say at that point because literally we did not know that we had been chosen as a fa as the family. We had only met the birth mom. That's literally all it was, you know? And I said, you know, excuse me? And she explained that the mother, birth mother had um, signed off paperwork and she was wanting to place the, the, the babies and we could come get the girls. And I said, okay, um, when would you like us to do that? And of course, this was Monday night, and she said, "You can. We need you to come Wednesday." And of course, you know, I froze again because in my mind, I'm ticking it off, going, "That's 48 hours." And <laughs> and so I hung up, and I turned and went into the living room, and Doug had uh, was walking in the living room, and he walked up to me and he said, "Well, who's on the phone?" And I said, "We need to go to Walmart." <laughs> And he, just, he looked at me and said, what? And I said, that was Dawn. The birth mother has chosen us and she's signed the paperwork and we have to get the girls on Wednesday. And he went, well, okay, let's go to Walmart. <laughs> so that was literally, I mean, literally our induction into it. And then Doug tells another funny part of it. Go ahead. The, uh, the night before we were supposed to pick them up, we had a, an event at the school. Holly was already there, and I showed up later. And so after the event, she was driving me from you know, to where my truck was parked at. And so Evan was in the front seat because he was going to ride with her. So I got in the back seat, and I got to looking and realized 
we've got a Honda Accord. We don't have room for two baby seats and a five-year-old. And so <laughs> we had to spring into action and upgrade vehicles all of a sudden uh, real quick also. So, yeah, it was it was crazy. And then the, the day we actually picked them up um, or the night we picked them up, I went to work. Of course, all the teachers were like, why are you here? And, you know, my answer to that was there's nothing I can do at home to prepare because we already had so little notice anyways that and if I was home, I'd just be getting nervous. And so then when we got in the car and we, we or the truck and we got up there. Evan was hungry after picking the girls up. You know, he wasn't interested in anything but getting McDonald's French fries at that point. And, you know, never mind the two brand new sisters he had in the truck with us. And so I was sitting in the back between the two car seats and holding bottles to feed the girls because they had not even had their dinner yet. And Evan was passing French fries back to me so I could eat at the same time. <laughs> So, okay, we've we've gone from a uh, house of three to a house of five. You've got all the burden of figuring it out uh, in a couple of days. It sounds a lot like uh, being a foster parent, by the way. That's kind of the warning we got several times. What what did that do to your your lifestyle almost immediately? Almost immediately. Uh, let's see. It just it just it rocked our world. I mean, it just we went from. From I mean, with one child, it was easy to to just you know snatch him up, snatch a bag, and go. Now you got to figure out. Okay, now I got two. I've got a, a double stroller. I got to figure out how to fold up, spit in the car, you know, get the diapers for two of them. Uh, plus, still have a five year old that's running around. You know, I'm trying to help. And so it uh, it took some some uh, figuring out. Um, immediately, we had to figure out how we were gonna how we were gonna do coverage. Because, number one, I was not going to be able to get, you know, two babies ready in the morning to a daycare for me to get to school on time. And uh, they were very, very, very small. They were six months old, but they were each only nine pounds. And so even the newborn preemie clothing was just hanging on them because they had reflux problems. And so they already needed some special attention up front. And so we had that to had that to deal with, but um, we worked it out at my work where I went to school a couple, two or three days a week. And um, I had a sub on the days that I wasn't there. And then Doug was tag teaming with me. And there were many times where he would drive to my school, drop the girls off in their, in their car seats in my classroom because it was the end of the day and then he would head off to work and he would work overnight just so we could cover that and we did that until the end of the school year which that was the end of April through the end of May and so yeah there were several and then on top of all of that I was also the student council sponsor and I was trying to do an awards end of year awards ceremony and at one time I had two babies in my arms with a phone on my ear listening to a parent complain because their child wasn't getting enough awards, you know? And at one point I wanted to say, do you realize that, you know, I just adopted <laughs> you know, these, you know, very small babies and your concern at this point is a little bit, you know, small compared to what I'm dealing with, but, you know, 
we were tag teaming a lot. I was exhausted. Doug was exhausted. He was doing a lot of the nighttime feedings because neither one was um, sleeping through the night because of how small they were. But he would do the nighttime stuff because I couldn't function in the, in the day if, if I was up all night with both of them. So, yeah. You couldn't wake up at the same time, of course. No. <laughs> one would wake up, and when you finish feeding them, then the next one would wake up. Yeah. And twins Twins are notorious for taking turns, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> exactly. At that age. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Y'all said something at the very beginning, and, and I'd like to go back a little bit if I can. You talked about not being in a hurry for the adoption. You know, that waiting by the phone that you said, we're not those people. Y'all were motivated to adopt, but you had a patience about it too. Share kind of where you felt like that was coming from. Why was that the case for you? Well, we had talked about adoption before we even got married, um, but we decided we wanted to uh, to have one wrong first, you know, just to go through that experience. So, but we waited eight years before we had Evan. Uh, just because you know, we we didn't we didn't think we were ready yet, you know, and so after he was born, uh, it said it was another six years before we adopted. We just we were enjoying each, like Holly said earlier, just joining each season of life, and so we weren't in a rush to get to the next season. Uh, we had done uh, got we'd been in the foster care system and did some foster parenting for a while, uh, you know, so we knew how how that affected Evan when, when the new child would come into the home and stuff. So, so we weren't in a, in a big rush. Uh, we, like said, we knew that, that uh, we could always have another one if we wanted to. Uh, we just felt like adoption was, was where God was leading us, and we knew that he would open the door at the right time. So. Um, I, I agree with pretty much everything that you know Doug said. We did talk about adoption before we got married, and I, you know, I think if anything I could say, I would stress that, you know, so much of the time we don't talk about the things that really are going to matter when we're dating. And we did. And I, you know, it was, there were many, many times where we talked, we sat and just talked about what we thought our life looked like in the future. And I was always interested in adopting um, from even a young, I can't explain it from a young child. Um, like we said, twins ran in my family. Um, my mother had two sets of twins, and I am the only one that's not a twin. And everyone used to always say, you know, well, Holly's going to have the twins. Holly's going to have the twins because whatever. So it's really so funny that it's turned out that way, even though it's not the, the way people would have expected. Um, but even when I was little, twins were always in my head because I can remember pretending to have twins in my head, and I would go through the, you know, the Sears and Roebuck catalog and I would pick out outfits that my twins would wear. And, you know, this it, twins were just always part of my, my brain for some reason. Um, it, and so we just both, I don't know, when they originally called and told us that they had, they actually had two mothers that were, they were working with and counseling with who were pregnant with, who had twins. And we were actually told about a mom who was pregnant with twin boys. And so they told us, you know, we have this mom that they're counseling with, but we have to check with the parents up front to see if they're interested in twins before, you know, their name goes in the hat. Doug had called me at work and said, we've had this call. This is what they want us to think about. 
and all the other parents are thinking about it as well. And my response to him was, well, put our name in the hat. If God wants us to have twins, we'll have twins. And that, that mother actually disappeared from the program. And probably that, she probably disappeared about a month before we were even told about the girls. And so it was really funny how she disappeared. And in my brain, even though I, we hadn't met this woman, she hadn't chosen anybody um, to be birth parents, my brain was already working on what boy names could I have if I had twin boys. And oh my goodness, that means we're going to have three boys. But we got chosen and you know that sort of stuff. So then it was really funny when the other mother came up and these were twins that were already born and needed a home. Hi, I'm Laurie Henthorne, Donor Engagement Manager at TBHC Foster Care and Adoption. Did you know that there are over 6,000 children waiting for adoption in Texas today? And did you know that there are only about 1,000 willing foster adoptive homes licensed and available to them? These children are coming from hard places and are needing a place to heal. We at TBHC strive to provide homes where they'll feel safe and loved and where they can begin their healing process. What if you could play a part in changing these statistics? TBHC depends on people like you to help change the course of these children's lives. You could open your heart and home to them, or you could come alongside them and help provide for the parents' training or for specialized therapy for a child through your financial support. We invite you to visit our website, tbhc.org, to find out more about us, hear inspiring stories and ways to pray for TBHC families, and to find out how you can be a part of bringing kids home. So, Basically, you guys felt like the calling from the Lord early on. Work towards that and the youngness of your marriage all the way up to the day that y'all actually did adopt. That's beautiful. If you guys were to give advice to people as they're praying about how how to establish your family. I mean, what brought y'all to that discussion? I love that y'all talked a lot about it before marriage. Uh, I think it was just part of the natural progression as we were engaged and we had a long engagement. And, and as we were talking uh, about, you know, just like you said, what our, what our life's going to look like, you know, that's just one of the subjects that came up. And uh, I think that's, a, that's an important subject that a lot of couples don't talk about you now. Because, you know, are we going to have kids? You know, what if something happens that we can't have kids or, you know, is adoption an option for us? Is adoption an option for us even if we can't have kids? You know, it's, but it's something that, that needs to be discussed before you get into marriage because you don't want to get into the, to the marriage itself and then realize you have two different goals or two different you know, wishes. Um, and the other side of that, that uh, he hasn't said, and maybe he's tiptoeing around that, I don't know. <laughs> is that uh, when I was pregnant with Evan, he was an absolutely wonderful pregnancy. I didn't have any problems whatsoever. I wasn't, I didn't have morning sickness. I didn't have all the typical whatever. However, when it came to labor and delivery, every problem that I did not have then all stacked up at one time. And um, that in and of itself is its own story. Doug nearly got thrown out of the um, delivery room. Um, did get thrown out. <laughs> um, they eventually decided that they needed to do a C-section. Um, and uh, we're really surprised that, you know, we, we got out of that whole situation alive because it was, it just, 
it was pretty horrific. And when all was said and done, Doug had already had planned to give me a necklace, a, a, a necklace that was mommy and me type thing when after Evan was born. And when he brought it to me, he told me that he absolutely promised he would never ask me to go through that again. And so it was almost at that point that when he said that, he was pretty, I think he was pretty traumatized himself over everything that we had to deal with, with the, the delivery of Evan. And um, I could tell he was serious. <laughs> so at that point I knew if he really truly doesn't think, you know, he wants me to go through that experience again, then he just, Evan did not want to arrive. Let's just say that. <laughs> he wanted to make a grand entrance. Yep, he wanted, I get it. He wanted to make a grand entrance and his his heart rate dropped and, you know, they did several things to try to get. And then I, on top of that, I didn't have my normal doctor and she would, the doctor I had didn't have the same bedside manner that my doctor had. And there was just a lot of things that went into it. And yep, it was, you know, it is what it is now because it's 23 years behind us. But thank you, know, thank the Lord that we already we were already set to adopt if that's what we were going to do. So yeah, your investment with the Lord on this, you know, what was His part in your journey, and how did you you lean on Him beyond your understanding through all this? And then your girls when they were young, you made a comment before we started the podcast that you were reminiscing on them being little. We grew up, or. Didn't grow up, I guess. Uh, ever since we started dating, we were in church together. We uh, and we prayed together. We were seeking the Lord's guidance in everything we did, as far as marriage and everything else. Uh, we were in the in the youth ministry uh, at a little small church, uh, and we saw a lot of kids there that that came from from less than desirable homes, uh, and so you know we were. We were determined that we were gonna, gonna bring our kids up in a godly home, and you know, you know, stay close to, it, try our best to stay close to God as we could. So, uh, so we just, you know, so we just laid on Him for everything. Like this is Your will, you know, we'll do it. If it's not Your will, then, then it's not for us to do. And so uh, we, uh, you know, we just prayed about every everything we did, left it up to Him to. The, as far as the timing and the logistics and, and everything else? Um, as far as the girls go <laughs> when they were little, <clears throat> um, I just, I don't, they were just, they were so fun. Um, they're not what you would call identical, but they're as close to identical as you can possibly get. Um, and so people continue to tell us that they can't tell them apart. And there are times now that, you know, one of them will just hold their head just the right way. And you think you're looking at the other one and you're not. And of course, you, you take a second look and you realize, you know, who, who it is you're looking at and that sort of stuff. But I mean, there's so many things that, you know, happened when they were young. Um, and I used to hold when I would have to take them out of the car. That was one of the things that, you know, sticks with me is because you can't take twins out at the same time. So if you're going into like, they went to a mommy's day out type program for um, a little bit of the time. 
And I would have to take one out and carry her into her room inside the building. And that was always a little bit bothersome because, you know, there's nobody else out there at the car to watch the other baby who's in the car waiting on me. And I had to always repeat that again if I was taking them out, you know, at the, at the house or whatnot. But when I would take them out and I would hold them and, you know, you smell their little head and you kiss them on the, on the top of their head. I always just remember thinking, how much better is their life now than it would have been if they had not been adopted? Not to assume that their life was going to be horrible, but the whole reason that they were adopted was because, or the whole reason their, their birth mother put them up for adoption was because she already had three children and twins just she was single and twins just kind of, you know, just completely consumed her. And so at that point, you know, I just kept wondering, you know, you know, God, you've chosen us. And it always felt to me, and I've said this many, many times when I've talked to different people, like in Sunday schools or whatever, it felt very much to me like the situation where, you know, God chose Mary to to uh, be pregnant with, you know, his son. And God chose us for these twins. And when you understand that, it, it really opened up to me. It made it more personal to me when I understand the concept of God adopts us into his family. And because of that, it just makes it to me that much more that much more rich um, to see that picture. You know, no one ever really thinks about that, I don't think. And if you've never really truly adopted um, anything, whether it's a child or a dog or whatever, you don't understand that that love's going to be the same. People always assume this, you know, they get hesitant about adopting because they say things like, could I really love an adopted child like I love my own? And there really, truly is no difference. They come into your house and if you've committed to this, just like you would have committed to having a child of your own, you're going to nurture them. You're going to love them. You're going to give them direction. You're going to give them discipline. You're going to be happy when they're happy. You're going to be, um, you know, sad when they're sad. It's all the same. And so it's so funny to me to hear people say, I don't think I could love an adopted child as much as I love my own. I just doesn't compute in my head. One, one thing that kind of affirmed it for us, though, was that not, not that it mattered, but if you see the girls and you mm -hmm. see Holly, you would never know that they were adopted. We, we've actually had people that we go to church with argue with us that our children were adopted. And it's like, you know, God planned it this way where, you know, they they just look like they're part of the, you know, like they're biologically ours. I love to say about kids joining our family when we were fostering or even uh, adopting and biological kids, you never knew they were missing until they got there, right. you know? Each one of those kids, when they joined the family, you didn't know they were missing until they arrived. 
and they br- made completeness happen, even though it was already complete. That's so the one thing that, um, just to kind of piggyback off of that, I remember doing is when we heard that there was this wo- this woman out there who was possibly going to place her uh, her twins up for adoption, and you know we knew at that point she was starting to interview other people and whatnot. We actually uh, Evan had his sixth birthday party and his Doug's mom and dad were at the party and I remember asking his mother you know are you okay with this not because you know we were going to change all of our plans if they weren't okay with it but just because you know we hear sometimes those those that nightmare of you know a grandparent doesn't treat a stepchild or an adoptive child quite the same as they do an adoptive um, or the natural born biological child. And I didn't have any hesitancy there. I knew Doug's parents well enough at that point that I knew they were going to love, you know, all of the children, no matter where they came from, whether they were hatched from an egg or whatever. They, they don't have, they don't have grandparents on my side of the family. And so it was that much more important to me that they understand that uh, these will be our children if we get chosen and they will be their grandchildren. And so. We sat down and we talked to Evan about it beforehand yeah. too, you know, to prepare him and to, you know, get his feedback. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like you guys uh, walk through things in a way that should be emulated. Uh, what a testimony in that. So. Um, I know that there's there's so much that you could share, but let me ask this last question. Uh, what is the one thing you would like everyone to know about adoption? Um, I think adoption was part of God's original plan. That's the reason we're considered his children. You know, he adopted us. So I think it, it, adoption is just a, another picture of God's love for us. I, I'm, I I completely agree. I think that God looks at adoption as just another another way to form his family. Um, I think, and I look back at Esther in the Bible um, and how you know Mordecai was her was her was her guide. And I think to Joseph, who you know lost his family and ended up elsewhere and what came out of that for him as well as for his family, as well as, you know, the rest of the nation. Um, we see that with um, uh, Mary and Joseph. You know, Joseph was not, you know, Jesus's natural father. Um, I do not believe that God looks at adoption as anything more than just another way for him to form family. I think he knew humans were going to be fallible and along with that fallibility um he had a plan that's beautiful thank y'all so much for being on the podcast today thank you thank you for joining us if you would like to get in touch with today's guest or any of our previous guests you can contact us through our email podcast at tbhc.org That's podcast at tbhc.org. Leave us a comment, recommend a guest to our show, 
and give us a five-star review wherever you listen. And don't forget to subscribe. For more information, check out our website, tbhc.org, and discover how you can participate in bringing kids home.